Welcome to the Talk of Fame Network. I got a good deal on those boys. The scout said they showed a lot of promise. With your Hall of Fame voters. Don't act like you're not impressed. Ron Borges. You want to punch me right now, but you won't. Rick Oslin. I don't know what we're yelling about! And Clark Judge. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? On SB Nation Radio. Catch us if you can. Mm-hmm. Time to get a move on. Mm-hmm. We will yell with all of our might. Catch us if you can. Ah, oh, the Dave Clark Five. Catch us if you can, which is what you'll have to do in the month of July as myself and my two Talk of Fame Network compadres, Ron Borges and Clark Judge, head off on our summer vacations. I'm Rick Goslin, and before we go, we're going to wrap up our third season with today's show, although Clark has already bolted on us. Ron, he started his vacation a week early. Without him, thankfully, there'll be no mention of a certain New England quarterback on this week's show. Well, you're right, Goose. I am so tired of talking about Steve Grogan. Steve Grogan <laughs> this, Steve Grogan that. Look, the guy was good, but come on. <laughs> you know, it's, been a, it's been a great three-year run for us thus far, hasn't it, Ron? Yeah, it's great guests. Plenty of great football talks. We explore Hall of Famers past, present, and future, plus the Hall of Fame moments and Hall of Fame games. This year we've had Hall of Famers Roger Staubach, Eric Dickerson, Paul Horning, and John Hanna on, among others, and a few Hall of Famers in waiting in Ray Lewis, Tony Baselli, and Brian Dawkins. So, Ron, who was your favorite guest? Well, for me, uh, it was uh, an unusual one. He hate me. Rod Smart. (laughs) Guy was the face of the XFL and became one of our most popular Yes, as you know, Goose, the, the guy's still getting listening on our podcast. By the way, folks, uh, you can go to our website, talkoffamenetwork.com, and listen to He Hate Me, He Love Me, He Like Me a Little Bit, Roger Staubach, Joe Name, anybody you want. They're all there, and it's pretty fascinating listening, but He Hate Me is my guy. Ron, we're going to go out with a bang in our Season 3 finale. We conclude our eight-part series on the eight NFL divisions with the NFC North, and we have Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, Lions head coach Jim Caldwell and Lions Hall of Famer Joe Schmidt as guests on today's show. And I'm really excited to have Schmidt on. I grew up watching him play middle linebacker like few before or after him. What a player. Well, you're right there. I mean, he played on one of the best defenses ever. Night Train Lane, Alex Karras, Roger Brown, Wayne Walker, Yale Larry, Dick LeBeau. There's four Hall of Famers right there and several other guys that a lot of people, including yourself, Goose Man, uh, would argue should be in the Hall. So, Ron, let's get this show on the road. Let's get Aaron, Jim, and Joe in here to talk about the old black and blue division. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is Jason Taylor, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Introducing the new Lucky Charm Shake at Burger King. It's a mix of hand-spun vanilla-flavored soft serve, tasty bits of Lucky Charm cereal, and memories of watching Saturday morning cartoons in your PJs. The new Lucky Charm Shake at Burger King. Relive your childhood in a cup. Maybe it's the magical marshmallow pieces flying up your straw. Maybe it's the magically delicious taste. Whatever the reason, it's a good reason to head over to a Burger King restaurant and try one now, only at Burger King. Also, try the Fruit Loop Shake now at Burger King. Shakes available for a limited time only. Participation varies. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Hey, Ron, let's take care of a little business here first with Sprint Boost Mobile. Switch to Boost and get two lines with three gigs of 4G LTE data per line for only $50. Plus, you get two free LGX Power phones. 
Boost makes it easy to switch, and switching makes it easy to save. You know, back when the AFL merged the AFL in the 70s, the Cowboys were riding high as a perennial Super Bowl contender representing the NFC in the first two Super Bowls of that decade. If you wanted a ring, you headed to Dallas, and it became the last stop for many on the way to the Hall of Fame. Herb Adderley, Lance Allworth, and Mike Ditka all started for the Cowboys in their Super Bowl VI victory over the Dolphins, and Forrest Gregg served as insurance on the offensive line. Now, the reason I bring that up, Ron, is that the Patriots seem to have become what the Cowboys once were, a destination for aging stars in search of a ring. Former Jets inside backer David Harris is the latest to join the club this month. He's 33 and must have figured if you can't beat him, join him. I really like that signing. Ron, how about you? I agree with that. I think it was a terrific signing, and, and, and clearly what Belichick's been doing for a while now. He's brought in guys like uh, like Harris, Ted Washington, Junior Seau, Elsie Crumpler, Brian Waters, Anthony Pleasant, Brian Cox back in the day who put the tremendous hit on one of, uh, on one of the Colts players to kickstart their whole Super Bowl run, Dar- uh, even Darrell Revis. You know, some, a lot of these guys have passed their prime, but they're still able to produce in sort of short bursts and for a year or so uh, before he moves them out. And they've all been good uh, locker room presence type guys. It hasn't always worked out. He did sign Albert Hainsworth, but often it does. <laughs> uh, you know, these kind of guys, Goose, you know how they are. They make fewer mistakes. Their egos are more in check. Play for less money. Uh, they just want to win. They did it this, uh, last year with Chris Long. Came in for a season. Boom, see you later. Uh, it's a great formula uh, if you have a, a, a solid group of younger players to go with them. And I look at some of the really high-profile guys they signed. You know, Randy Moss, Junior Seau, Rodney Harrison, you know, even Corey Dillon. They all preceded Harrison and England in search of that elusive ring. You know, the gamble paid out for Dillon and Harrison, but not so for Moss and Seau. So, Ron, you witnessed all these signings in your capacity as a senior chronologer of the Patriots. Did you buy into all these at the time of their arrivals? Uh, not all of them. Some of them. Uh, you know, Seau to me was shot, and he proved to be. Uh, but he was helpful as a role model, you know, in the weight room and the locker room, and in terms of preparation and and making clear to guys that you can go a long time uh, without winning this thing. So if you get in position to do it, you better do it when your chance comes. You know, Harrison obviously was, was bigger bang for their buck there, and I was actually one of the few guys who was in favor of the Corey Dillon uh, signing, even though he had caused so many problems in Cincinnati. Uh, he was always a good runner, and no one would ever argue that he ever quit in a game. You know, he was throwing his pads in the stands on the way off the field and things like that. But the guy was always played hard in the games. And, and I felt that the, the contract was such that they could get out of it anytime they wanted without any kind of a hit. And it, and, and it worked out. And he was both Corey Dillons. When he first got there, tremendous rush for over 1,600 yards. They win the Super Bowl. You know, within a year and a half, he's the pain in the butt. And they get rid of him and actually never really plays again. So uh, a good example of, of how Belichick operates uh, with these kinds of guys you know, he won't take him on, generally speaking, even with Revis. Looked like it was going to cost a lot of money, except he had it out, so it didn't. Yeah. And usually, if you got a strong enough locker room, you can handle one character guy. It's right. start, when, you, when you get two and three and four character guys, that's when you can have your problems. Well, you're right, and that's what uh, happened when they signed Adelius Thomas and a couple of other guys, and, and it didn't work out. You know, they were too much in control of the room, and, the, and the, uh, there weren't enough veteran player presence in there to overcome that. Uh, and it really, you know, caused a lot of problems. The next thing you know, there's a half a dozen guys who don't get to the to the building on time because there was a snowstorm. And the, the famous beginning of the end for Adelius Thomas, look, what am I, the Jetsons? I mean, <laughs> meaning, was he supposed to fly over the snow? And in Belichick's <laughs> mind, uh, no, you know it's coming, and so you prepare for it. You know, free agency always seems to favor the quarterbacks. When Wes Welker became a free agent, he sprinted to Peyton Manning in Denver. When Martellus Bennett became a free agent this offseason, he couldn't get to Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers fast enough, 
it seems the rich get richer in free agency. Now, we know free agency has been good for players over these last 24 years, but has free agency been good for the league? Well, Goose, I think it depends on your point of view. You know, if you think it was supposed to benefit the stupid, uh, <laughs> which is usually you know, the, the bad teams, it hasn't. Uh, it's benefited the smart, which is always the case, regardless of the system uh, you come up with or whatever line of work you're, you're, you're talking about. I mean, there's long belief that if you evenly divided all the money in America between all the residents, within two, three years, uh, the same guys who got it now would have it again. <laughs> and the same guys who don't have it wouldn't have any. And I think it applies in, in pro football and in sports. It benefits, uh, the cap benefits long-range planners, does not benefit the panic-stricken guys. Uh, and the good news for the league, I think, is it keeps killing Daniel Snyder, which, if you know Daniel <laughs> Snyder, is a good thing for anybody. Yeah, I think uh, one of the big problems, Ron, is that uh, you know, once upon a time, these teams were owned by sportsmen, the Hunts, the Maras, the Roonies, the, the Hallises, and now they're owned by businessmen. And I think you know, making money becomes uh, a top priority more so than even winning. They want to win, but they want to make money. And I think a lot of these new owners come in, and we're seeing it with uh, Shad Khan and Jacksonville right now. They're spending all this money on free agency, and that they learn after a year or two that uh, it's not worth it. Yeah, well, no, you're right. It, 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 historically, it hasn't been because that isn't really what does it. I mean, a lot of these guys are available because uh, the team that had them knows something about them that you don't know until you get there. And then you go, oh, my God, this guy's not what he looked like on film, or he's not what we thought he was going to be in terms of his approach to the game and how hard he wants to work and all those sort of issues. So I think you're right. I mean, just throwing money at it hasn't worked. Really, I can't think of any place where, where it has worked. And that doesn't mean you can't make the strategic, expensive signing. You know, the Reggie right. White deal in Green Bay made the Packers. Uh, but there's a difference between that and just doing what, you know, Washington has done for a long time, which is basically get this sort of bubblegum card all-star team of guys who can't play together. And, and you know, that really puts them in trouble. Yeah, I think if you want to sign one player, I think you're fine. If you want to try to build a champion for agency, you're doomed. Agreed. No, no, you're exactly right. I mean, because too many of these guys, there's a reason that, 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 that a lot of them are out there. Sometimes it's, it turns to be a false narrative, as with, say, Rodney Harrison. But other times, it, not, as with Albert Hainsworth, who proved to be exactly the despicable <laughs> human being that everybody thought he was when he came to New England. Now, Ron, we've reached one of my favorite parts of the show, the State Your Case segment, which is brought to you by Progressive. Customers who wish to switch to Progressive can save nearly $600. Call or click today and find out if, if we can save you hundreds on your car insurance. Ron, you've got a good one today on Lavi Dillwig. Right. Uh, when, when, you re, uh, when you're replaced by perhaps the greatest wide receiver who ever lived, uh, your own accomplishments can easily be forgotten. And so it seems uh, it was for Laverne Delwig, perhaps the greatest player in pro football history, never to get a sniff of the Hall of Fame. When Delwig retired from the Packers in 1934, he was universally considered the greatest end in NFL history. Then a guy named Don Hudson took his place a year later, and Lavi Delwig's considerable accomplishments were overshadowed. Hudson helped change the NFL from a grand, grinding sort of land war into an aerial attack. He so changed the game that he also changed people's view of Lavi Delwig. Delwig played nine years in the NFL, six times was selected consensus All-Pro, and four of those years he was a unanimous choice. And between the dawning of the NFL in 1920 and 1950, only one player, Don Hudson, was more, uh, more often selected All-Pro than Lavi Delwig. He was a reliable producer as a receiver, he was a big-time defensive player, and according to football historians and published reports of those days, he was universally seen as the best all-around end in pro football. He made the all-decade team of the 1920s, 
and he did more than have personal success. He was on Packer teams that won three consecutive NFL titles and was really one of the first dynasties in NFL history. So he played big, and he won big. Why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? There seems to be only one explainable notion, and that's the that Don Hudson cats such a long shadow that people simply forgot how good Levy Dillwig had been. If one takes an honest look at the facts, the only thing that he doesn't have to be considered a Hall of Famer is a bust in Canton. It's about time he got a shot. Ron, in a league that didn't even keep stats until the 30s, how do you get an end who played in the 20s enshrined? Well, it's very tough, obviously. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's where you and I are both on the senior committee. And we're going to have to do uh, considerable research, uh, which we've both done, and then make a, a really strong case uh, to the voters that, look, this guy and a few others, like my personal favorite, Duke Slater, were passed over for reasons that are almost inexplicable today. But they earned the right to be in the Hall of Fame. And, and what you have to do is convince people of that. Ron, we don't have Levy Dillwig on our show this week, but we do have a couple heavyweights up next. Detroit's Hall of Fame middle linebacker Joe Schmidt and Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers. You'll hear them when we come back from break. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is Robert Kraft, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. This is Jim Kelly, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network, the best. Introducing the new Lucky Charm Shake at Burger King. It's a mix of hand-spun vanilla-flavored soft serve, tasty bits of Lucky Charm cereal, and memories of watching Saturday morning cartoons in your PJs. The new Lucky Charm Shake at Burger King. Relive your childhood in a cup. Maybe it's the magical marshmallow pieces flying up your straw. Maybe it's the magically delicious taste. Whatever the reason, it's a good reason to head over to a Burger King restaurant and try one now. Only at Burger King. Also, try the Fruit Loop Shake now at Burger King. Shakes available for a limited time only. Participation varies. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. You play to win the game. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Our first guest, Joe Schmidt, is one of the greatest middle linebackers ever to play the game. During his 13-year career at the Detroit Lions from the 50s into the 60s, Joe went to 10 consecutive Pro Bowls, was voted first team All-Pro all 10 of those seasons. He was named to the 1950s NFL All-Decade Team and the NFL's 50th Anniversary Team. He was a nine-year captain of the Lions, helped Detroit win two championships. He's been enshrined in both the college and pro football halls of fame, and his number 56 has been retired by the Lions, and rightfully so. Joe Schmidt, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. That was uh, you know, hell of a entry there. <laughs> <laughs> With all those things, I should get a raise from the Lions. <laughs> hey, Joe, you played during an era when defensive players were allowed to actually play defense. Now all the roles have been stacked in favor of the offense. Do you recognize the game the way it's played today where defenders can't hit quarterbacks or touch receivers? You know, I was just talking the other day about that. And uh, my opinion, which may not, you know, may, people may not like it, but I think football is deteriorating. You know, you're not permitted to touch the quarterback. He's making $25 million. If I was making $25 million, they could hang me up and just hit me any time they wanted. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the guys on the offensive line, defensive line, they're 300 pounds. All they do is push and shove each other. They're 
poor tacklers all over the place. You know, some kids can tackle, uh, secondary especially. I, I just don't, I guess I shouldn't say this, but I I do it all the time. But I, I, wouldn't, I shouldn't say it publicly, but I, I think the game is deteriorating, okay? And in my view, of course, I go way back, and, uh, you know, there aren't too many people around as old as I am watching and playing football at that particular time. But football, I think, was devised to physically outdo the other guy. I don't necessarily think that's the case now. And uh, I, I changed, changed, and, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of things in life have changed. So, yeah, I guess you, some people don't realize because they have no comparison, and uh, that's good in some respect. But uh, the old guys like me still remember the days when you could, uh, you know, hit the quarterback and uh, no one would say anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in that regard, just to follow up on that, Joe, because uh, we've talked about this before, you know, you hear a lot, of, I'm out here in Boston, you hear a lot about Tom Brady's fitness and his this and that. He's going to play till he's 50 years old. And, and I look at it and, and go back, and remember when Johnny Unitas, for example, was playing and guys like you were knocking him in the head and turning him upside down. I just think that a lot of this longevity of these guys uh, today is the changes of the game. I mean, if they were taking the same kind of pounding that you had to take in those days to play quarterback, uh, I don't think that they would have the longevity these guys are having either, at least at at, at a high level. What do you think? Oh, I, I agree with you. I, you know, I, I look back on uh, old Robert Lane. You know, he, played, he, never, he never wore a face mask, Bobby. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, he got hit in the face quite a few times. But uh, I, I agree with you there. I, the longevity, uh, you know, it helps everybody. I guess uh, the way the game is played today, especially the quarterbacks. And uh, as I say, you know, people don't really realize the difference because it's a different era and a different uh, group of people. Uh, I think the quarterbacks are brought up like that in college, and uh, so I think it really probably doesn't make much difference. It's still a great game. It's still, you know, a great spectator sport, and uh, and that's the rules. So. Joe, in the 50s, you competed with Paul Brown and the Browns for supremacy. In the 60s, you're competing with Lombardi and the Packers for supremacy. Which of the two franchises was the greater challenge? Oh, boy, that's a hard question. In comparison of two great teams, two great coaches, uh, you know, each team was filled with... Uh, Hall of Fame guys, good football players. I, I, you know, I'm. I don't know if I can make a, a you know, a good comparison. Uh, Otto Graham was certainly a great quarterback. Uh, uh, Gord Starr was a great quarterback. Uh, he had great running backs. Uh, I think, you know, I would have to give the running backs as far as uh, running backs to Cleveland. Uh, Defensive wise, uh, you know, filled with guys that could play football, great football players. I, I don't know if I can make a comparison. I don't, I don't think if there is, a, it could be justified in make, saying one team was better than the other. Now, there might be, uh, you know, one might be a better passing team or a running team or a defensive football team, but I don't, overall, I don't, I, I would hesitate to, you know, draw a comparison and pick one or the other. Two great coaches, too. I mean, Lombardi was yeah. a great coach, and of course, Paul was a, you know, as we all know, a super coach, and, uh, same with Lombardi. Uh, and uh, uh, I don't think you know, there are any teams around today that can compare with those uh, teams. And uh, I, I just, it was an, an era that football went through, and that's what made football so popular. And, you know, and the way it is now, and of course, uh, as we were just talking previously, 
about the demise of football because of the rule changes and so forth. But uh, nevertheless, it's still a great game and a great spectator sport. I don't want to bring up bad memories, but in the 60s, of course, you competed against Lombardi and the, the Packers. And for three straight years there, from 60 through 62, you finished second to the Packers in the West. And Green Bay went on to win the two, uh, win two NFL titles. What made those Packer teams such a formidable challenge for you, for you and the Lions? Well, they, you know, one thing, they, you know, they're a very basic football team. They could run the ball, they could pass the ball. They didn't do anything that they didn't feel comfortable in doing or they couldn't exercise properly. So uh, the team was uh, almost error-free. So uh, if you're going to beat Green Bay, uh, they're not going to do it themselves. They're not going to beat themselves. And back then you had to you know, physically beat them and, and uh, uh, do a good job. I remember, I think it was 62, we were... They were 13 and 1. We were 12 and 2, and we were playing Green Bay, and the score was 7-6. Uh, we were winning the ball game, and it was starting to rain a little bit in the fourth quarter. And uh, I'm sitting there, looking. We're down on their 40-yard line, okay. And it was a minute and some seconds to go, and uh, they're down, and uh, we call a pass. They call from upstairs and call a pass. So I get up and start screaming, "What the hell are you calling a pass?" <laughs> Nick Petrosson and let him run in line so he doesn't make it first. You know, we can run the clock off and we're going to hold them the rest of the time. They're not going to go, you know, run a fourth down and they have the rest of the field to go ahead and make a score. So we, uh, they decided they're going to throw a pass at Terry Barr and uh, I can see it to this day like I'm sitting on the, on the sideline. Don Schuller was a defensive coach and he came over and I, I said, what the hell are they doing? He says, I don't know. He says, I, I, I keep my mouth shut. So Anyhow, Terry, on the break, it was like a 10-yard break, and he slips a little bit, and the ball was a timing pass, and the ball was gone. And uh, They hit the defensive back uh, right in the chest, and they go down and about the, our 30-yard line. We hold them, they kick a field goal, and we lose 9-7. So Then we killed them on Thanksgiving. Anyway, just went after them. And I don't know, he had like 12, 13, 14 sacks that day. Thanksgiving, but they had a good football team. There's no question about it. And Vince was a, you know, great coach. And uh, but I remember that, uh, you know, I, I felt in my heart if we win that game, we we're gonna, you know, go ahead to be in a championship. And uh, of course, that never developed. So, but uh, I guess we could all say that in, in life in different aspects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that Thanksgiving game in '62, you did have the. the the 12 sacks, five turnovers, scored a defensive touchdown, safety. You ruined Lombardi's perfect season with that thrashing. Did you ever plan a game with a more perfectly executed game plan than that day? Well, yeah, I guess not. We uh, definitely we were out to win the ball game, and uh, we had all kind of different blitzes lined up. And uh, what happened is we, you know, we shut their run down like they were running the ball. And, of course, Green Bay, that was what they you know, lived on Taylor, and uh, they could run the ball very well, pull the guards, you know, trap and and uh, control the game. So uh, we, you know, we eliminated it by always keeping them in a in a circumstance where they, you know, had to throw the ball, and of course we blitzed them. And uh, we, uh, I think we just got them to a point where they sort of got frustrated, and uh, all of a sudden they start making a few mistakes too, but. Uh, it proved that they were human, and uh, we had a good football team, but, uh, you know, no one remembers uh, second-place guys. 
<laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, they resent, they remember me, you know. But <laughs> uh, in '62, that defense may be one of the most underrated of all time. You know, the Hall of Famers, Night Train Lane, and Yale Larry, of course, Dick LeBeau. Uh, you also had Alex Carras, an all-decade play. You had Roger Brown, the other tackle, who's been discussed as a senior candidate for the Hall. Uh, what made that group tick? What made that group great? Well, they, they were all good football players. They, they had the intensity and the uh, ability. Uh, Alex was very quick. He was, you know, uh, about six, one or two, uh, you know, about two, 50, 60, and he had quick hands and quick feet, and he could, you know, uh, it was difficult to block him. Roger was big, you know, he was 350 pounds, and there weren't that too many 350 pounds guys floating around at that particular time. And, uh, you know, um, we had two defensive ends, uh, McCord and uh, Sam Williams. Uh, they were, you know, both about six three, six four, about two fifty, and good could run. We had just, you know, good people, good personnel, and uh, there weren't too many people at that on that during that time that uh, controlled us, and uh, we could get out, and, you know, turn the ball over for the offense, and then get it in good position and be able to score. So, uh, yeah, I, I I think that whole season, we, you know, we we had. Twelve wins were mostly because of the uh, defensive football team, and uh, they were just great players with with uh, uh, great intensity. You know, they just uh, hung together, and we had a good time. They had good good guys, uh, you know, good great sense of humor, and on the team, and it was just a fun time. And uh, naturally, unfortunately, you know, we came up short. <laughs> yeah, we like we like to thank Joe Schmidt for stopping by to visit with us. The welcome mat is there for you, Joe, anytime you want to stop by. Thank you for bringing up uh, all those old times. Thank you. Thank Great you, honor Joe. talking to Take you. Take care. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is Mike Pereira of Fox Sports. When you want the right call, do what I do. Listen to the Talk of Fame Network. When I grow up, I want to make a pizza with the most cheese and the most pepperoni at the nation's best price. Six dollars. It's going to be the best pizza ever. Sorry, kid. It's been done. Introducing the new Little Caesars Extra Most Bestest Pizza, a large pizza with the most cheese and the most pepperoni at the nation's best price. But my mom says... This much cheese and pepperoni is what dreams are made of. Come get a large, hot and ready Extra Most Bestest Pizza for just 6 bucks, only at Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. At participating locations plus tax. Introducing the new Lucky Charm Shake at Burger King. It's a mix of hand-spun vanilla-flavored soft serve, tasty bits of Lucky Charm cereal, and memories of watching Saturday morning cartoons in your PJs. The new Lucky Charm Shake at Burger King. Relive your childhood in a cup. Maybe it's the magical marshmallow pieces flying up your straw. Maybe it's the magically delicious taste. Whatever the reason, it's a good reason to head over to a Burger King restaurant and try one now. Only at Burger King. Also, try the Fruit Loop Shake now at Burger King. Shakes available for a limited time only. Participation varies. Nothing grows like weeds, except maybe weeds. And nothing kills them quite like Roundup Weed and Grass Killer from the Home Depot. Right now, the one-gallon ready-to-use size is a special buy at just $8.97. Roundup kills fast. At the root, you can see results in just three hours. They may grow like weeds, but you can stop them even faster. Roundup Weed and Grass Killer. One gallon ready to use. Now just $8.97. Only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valid through July 5th. Want a more colorful summer? Ask Sherwin-Williams and save 30% on paints and stains during the Great Summer Painting Party, June 18th through July 4th. With colors like Beach House, Julep, and Sunny Veranda, summer never looked better. Your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams paint store is right around the corner. 
Find it at SherwinWilliams.com slash save. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Hi, Tom Bodette. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-grade place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat-screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. Welcome to Geico's Motorcycle Neanderings. Oh, man, this is great. I sure saved a lot of money by switching to Geico. Scored some big savings, and now I can use their mobile app 24-7 for all sorts of stuff. Life just makes sense now. You know what doesn't make sense? If a car is called a horseless carriage, why isn't a motorcycle called a horseless horse? Hmm. Maybe we'd just be adding insult to injury for the out-of-work horses. Geico Motorcycle. Savings that make sense. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. Talk of Fame Network is sponsored by GEICO. Just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. And you know something? You probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. We're hearing that Todd Rundgren song. Makes me realize that the Packers must have just scored again. And no need to introduce our next guest from Green Bay. Most football fans know that Aaron Rodgers is pro football's all-time leading passer, the only quarterback in history with an efficiency rating over 100. He, of course, has been a Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, a two-time NFL MVP, been voted to six Pro Bowls and won two NFL passing titles. And he's still only 33, so he's not even close to completing his Hall of Fame resume. Better yet, he's here to talk about it. Aaron, thanks so much for joining us. You bet, guys. Thanks for having me on. Clark mentioned that you're the NFL's all-time leading passer with an efficiency rating of 104.1. I asked John Elway once if he could explain the NFL's formula for computing a passer's efficiency rating. He said he had no clue. So I'll ask you, how does the NFL figure out passer efficiency ratings? I'm not sure how the uh, the numbers get crunched, but I do know that the, the categories are a combination of uh, completion percentage, touchdown percentage, interception percentage, and yards per attempt, I believe. Which one's your favorite? Touchdowns, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Marino told us the same thing one day. You know, obviously the Packers made you a first-round pick in 2005, but you sat for three years behind Brett Favre before you took over in 2008. I'm wondering, in what ways did, if any, did watching those three seasons benefit you and in your overall development as a quarterback? Well, for me, that was the most important thing. I think, and I said it recently, the, the quarterbacks in uh, in 2017 uh, are a lot more ready to play than uh, – you know, say the three first-rounders from 2005, Alex Smith, myself, and Jason Campbell. I just think uh, the coaching has gotten better at all the levels. I think uh, quarterbacks are asked to do more uh, in high school and in college. I think the spread offense has, has helped some of the younger, uh, especially in the younger levels, high school and college. Quarterbacks happen to make uh, quicker decisions, uh, protection adjustments. And those are just things that uh, weren't as common, I think, uh, 12, 13 years ago. Uh, so for me, it was it was crucial. The other thing that was really important for me was the off-season program, and they made changes to it now. And they re uh, re bargained the uh, the CBA, 
Uh, but we used to show up in the middle of March, and we had long days of crawling through the playbook before the veterans would show up, usually for OTAs at the end of May. So we had a good two, two and a half months of learning the offense, becoming an expert of the offense. And then more importantly, I think for a quarterback, is learning defenses. Because when you can understand defenses, then it really allows you to react. And that's a quarterback's uh, one of the most important qualities that a quarterback can have is quick reaction, being able to see things in real time and make uh, the proper reaction or adjustments or audible based on your preparation or your experience. We're speaking with Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at Talk of Fame Net. And Aaron, since uh, Ron asked you that question about sitting behind Brett Favre, uh, I remember passing through your camp in 2008, and that was your first season as a starter, replacing Brett. And, and I also remember thinking, that's a tough spot to be in. I mean, following someone as successful and popular as Brett Favre, how did that experience help to toughen you up as a quarterback if it did? Yeah, it definitely was um, <clears throat> was a tough transition for everybody involved. Uh, myself, uh, Brett, the fans, the organization, uh, teammates, because we're going from uh, you know an iconic player to you know still definitely an unknown. At that time, I played really in three significant games, two of them not being great in 2005 and 2006, and in 2007 playing uh, pretty well against Dallas in a marquee matchup when Brett got hurt. So they didn't really know other than preseasons, you know, what they were expecting. And then also, you know, there's a there's a love affair with the uh, nostalgia at times, you know, the, the good old times with uh, whatever, you know, in whatever way that uh, that affects you. But uh, you have an iconic player like that play for so long and move on and trade it to the Jets. It was tough for everybody uh, involved. I was kind of caught in the in the crosshairs between uh, people angry with the team, uh, angry with Ted Thompson, or angry uh, with Brad that he came back, or whatever it might have been. But uh, for me, it was an important time to really just kind of watch and listen and uh, be myself and try and be the best leader I could be. And trust that uh, you know that the preparation I put in was going to be important to me having success, and trusting my teammates and building that chemistry with them as well would help the transition go a lot better. Because as much as there was a lot of noise outside of the building, you know, and it's hard to block out, the most important opinions are your teammates and your coaching staff and your organization. And I think they saw as I progressed in 2006 and 2007 that there was potential, but nobody really knew until. You know, the season started and my career got going uh, what they had, but uh, I'm glad they had confidence in me, and I'm also glad everything, you know, we've really been able to reconnect. Brett and I reconnected at the uh, ESPYs a few years ago, which was great. Obviously, we retired his number here. He, you know, went in the Hall of Fame last year. It's fun to be there for that. And uh, I think uh, definitely there's been some great healing, uh, which there should have been, because Brett is and always will be you know, an iconic, uh, iconic uh, player for this organization. Aaron, several years ago on a tour of NFL training camps, I asked all these football experts what's the most important trait in a quarterback. John Gruden said passion. Roger Staubach said mental toughness. Tom Brady said leadership. Bill Walsh said football instincts. instincts and Brett Favre, not surprisingly, said arm. It's your turn. What's the most important trait in a quarterback? Uh, I think it's a combination of mental toughness and confidence. You kind of go hand in hand, but uh, you have to be extremely mentally tough with uh, all the adversity and the 
expectations and the many hats you have to wear uh, as a leader. But uh, going in and in with that is that confidence. You have to be extremely confident in your abilities and show confidence in your teammates. And that the great players are able to raise the level of their teammates' game. Uh, and a lot of it is based on showing them how much you believe in them. When a guy believes in himself, uh, you can take your game to a different level personally and, and when you're showing your teammates that confidence. So I think it's, you know, it's that confidence and that, uh, being mentally tough to deal with adversity and expectations and leadership responsibilities and, and, uh, and adversity, you know, really, really well. You're in, in that regard, uh, Aaron, one of the things that, that struck me at the time when you gave the famous relax, uh, you know, quote to the fans and so forth, were you as relaxed as you appeared to be, or, or did you have to, to some degree, put on, I don't know if a face is the right thing, but, you know, I was just, I always wondered at the time, is he really that relaxed? Because everybody else was losing their mind. I was, for sure. I think most people know me. Uh, <clears throat> I'm a pretty laid-back guy, and I definitely enjoyed my relaxation uh, time when I get it. I think it was a reminder, when, when I've said things like that in the past, it's not contrived. I mean, it's, it's authentic in the moment. But often it can serve many purposes. Hopefully, uh, I think it did. I mean, our fans, but maybe more importantly, my teammates, that, hey, it is a long season, and we are going to figure this thing out, and it's going to start now. When I said run the table last year, I definitely believed it 100%. But I also knew what I was doing. I was putting extra pressure on myself, and I've always enjoyed you know, putting pressure on myself and, and uh, trying to prove to myself that I can get the job done. And I was hoping it would take some pressure off the other guys that uh, I knew it starts from me, i got to play better. But when I do, this thing's going to get going in the right direction because we're all going to raise our level of play at the same time. But, uh, but i got to look in the mirror and i got to play better first. But if we do, we can get this thing done. So I think that's a situation where you have to sometimes exude that confidence where even your own teammates might not think there should be any. But uh, because confidence is infectious. You know, it, it can ripple through an entire locker room. And sometimes it just takes a statement like that to kind of get guys refocused or maybe even more relaxed. Aaron, speaking of that confidence, going back to what I'd asked you earlier before about coming in to follow Favre, I mean, isn't that something that served you so well? You talk about that confidence factor, believing in yourself, going in there um, as a successor to Brett Favre and saying, listen, I, I can do it, uh, and, and basically telling your teammates, listen, I can do this. This is not too big for me. And you were successful. And, and, and as I said, that's an awfully tough position to put anyone in, like following Lou Gehrig at first base, but you did it, and you did it successfully. But as you said, the confidence must be a, a huge factor there and, and served you well in that position. Without a doubt. And, you know, confidence doesn't, doesn't just come home. Within. You know, I got a lot of confidence from my teammates because they saw me practice for three years. They saw me in the preseason, and they knew that uh, that I had some ability. Uh, and they, you know, were great in letting me know they had my back and they believed in me. And as a leader and as a young player as well in a leadership position, knowing that, uh, you know, Charles Woodson and Al Harris uh, and, and A.J. Hawk and Donald Driver and these guys believe you can get the job done is a big uh, is a big help uh, because I've never lacked confidence in my abilities, but 
your confidence can go to a different level when you have the veteran uh, veteran backing from a Mark Tauscher and a Chad Clifton and a Scotty Wells, uh, who you know are, are important guys in your world. Those guys protecting your dad make a place for you, and they really believed in me and, and helped me to have even more confidence that uh, you know that I belonged in the league. Because everybody, every young player has that moment where you know they have to to face down that uh, that question, you know, do I belong here? Can I play here? And it really helps when you got guys like that and veteran players who, uh, who have your back and believe in you. Aaron, you've, um, speaking of belief, you've mastered the art of the Hail Mary. You've hit them against the Lions, Giants, and Cardinals. So what's the secret to completing a prayer? <laughs> you gotta, you got to be clean living. you got to got to live a really clean life. <laughs> so, so, so what's your secret? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't, I don't know. I'm falling to that one. But, uh, but no, I think it's we have practiced it before, and I think I throw it pretty good. I mean, people throw Hail Mary, Marys and uh, every now and then catch them. We've had pretty good success. But the angle kind of which that ball's dropping uh, in uh, all three of those, is a little different than some of the home areas that you see across the league that are a little flatter. So I think the height definitely helps. And then uh, sometimes you just have to have, in two of the three, you have to have some people misjudge that ball. You look at the Lions one, you know, the guys kind of misjudge that ball. That ball came kind of right down the chimney, as we say, kind of straight down. Same thing with the, the one against the Giants in the playoffs last year. You know, it's just it's up there so high, it's really hard to gauge for the receivers where it's going to be. For me, and really, in, in two of the three, the, the Arizona one is just a reaction running left and just trying to get it up in the air and, and as far as possible. The Lions one and the Giants one, I know where that ball is coming down. You know, I knew the Lions, you know, the first four yards of the end zone, and the Giants one was, was the back four, just based on, you know, a feel and, uh, and throwing those before in practice. I'm just kind of knowing your arm strength. So, uh, you know, it's just trusting that uh, something's going to happen. But, you know, you have to have a little bit of good fortune. Uh, guys misjudging when that ball's going to come up. Hey, Aaron, we've had good fortune talking to you. Thanks so much for the time. And uh, best of luck with the season. And we'll see you in Canton one of these summers. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Ron, we all know Tom Brady is the measuring stick for quarterbacks. How does Aaron Rodgers stack up? Well, I think when he just man-to-man, I'd say he's, he's right there with him. You know, he doesn't have the same jewelry collection. Well, look, he can make all the throws, obviously. Uh, he's a great leader. He doesn't get uh, panicked about anything, including coming on our show. So it, it just certainly seems to me that, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're one and one A, uh, you know, with one exception. You got to win. You got to get to the big game to win it. Next up, the two-minute drill. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hey, this is Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Introducing the new Lucky Charm Shake at Burger King. It's a mix of hand-spun vanilla-flavored soft serve, tasty bits of Lucky Charm cereal, and memories of watching Saturday morning cartoons in your PJs. The new Lucky Charm Shake at Burger King. Relive your childhood in a cup. Maybe it's the magical marshmallow pieces flying up your straw. Maybe it's the magically delicious taste. Whatever the reason, it's a good reason to head over to a Burger King restaurant and try one now. Only at Burger King. Also, try the Fruit Loop Shake now at Burger King. Shakes available for a limited time only. Participation varies. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. I cannot play with him. 
Rick Goslin cannot win with him. And Clark Judge cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I want winners. Some 40 million Americans wake up to a Gillette shave, and Gillette is working to bring you America's number one shave at lower prices. So go to GilletteOnDemand.com and get your first and fourth orders free. The clock is ticking on our first hour, so time is of the essence. With Clark Awol, we've asked fellow Hall of Fame voter Ira Kaufman, who covers the Buccaneers for JoeBucksFan.com, to join us for the two-minute drill, which is brought to you by the Burger King Breakfast. Welcome aboard, Ira. Now let's get started. Derek, the whistle, please. The NFL Network has released the annual list of top 100 players. Who'd be your number one? Uh, it's got to be. It's got to be absolutely Brady. There's no question about it. He's got the rings, goose. He's got the pedigree. He's still going in his 40s. Uh, this was the biggest no-brainer of, of that whole uh, affair, Brady. That's why we have you here, Ira. No-brainer. Look, he was number two last year in the thing. He led the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. Uh, so I, I got to go with Tom Terrific, and I just hope somewhere Clark Judge is happy. The Mets have promoted Tim Tebow in Class A. How soon before we see him at City Field in Flushing Meadows? What a Bush League move, Goose. Moving him up from Columbia. Well, you know, if he hit 240, he'd probably be at City Field already. Uh, <laughs> this is absurd. It shows you that uh, the only reason we're talking about the Mets is because of Tim Tebow. I think he's on the fast track, and I don't think it's surprising if he's at City Field by September, gentlemen. The only way I see him at City Field uh, is if the Jets bring him back to tank another game and Giant Stadium loses all electrical power. <laughs> <laughs> Warren Sapp, Warren Moon, or Warren Beatty? Warren Beatty, gentlemen, you're so vain. Warren Beatty, is there is there a lady, uh, you know, is there a singer or a movie star in the '60s, '70s, '80s, and '90s that he didn't bed down? Borges, I think he's got you beat. Dude, only by a little bit. But I'm going with Shirley MacLaine. Unlike this list, Warren Beatty's sister is the one who's no joke. Martellus Bennett says Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback he's ever played with. Does that knock him off Tom Brady's Christmas card list? Uh, you know what? It, it's not outrageous. Uh, now, now, if he said that about Josh McCown, we got a problem, gentlemen. Uh, but Rodgers is, you know, he's number six on the list. Uh, Brady's number one because he's got the rings. I don't have a problem with it. Brady does. Giselle does. I don't. Let me tell you, if he was playing for Chicago, he'd be saying Mike Glennon. Politics equals pass receptions. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the end of our. That's the end of our first hour. But stay where you are. Coming up. You're going to hear from former uh, Lions coach Jim Caldwell and also take a tour of the NFC North. This is a Talk of Fame Network. Nothing grows like weeds, except maybe weeds. And nothing kills them quite like Roundup Weed and Grass Killer from the Home Depot. Right now, the one-gallon ready-to-use size is a special buy at just $8.97. Roundup kills fast. At the root, you can see results in just three hours. They may grow like weeds, but you can stop them even faster. Roundup Weed and Grass Killer, one gallon ready to use, now just $8.97, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valid through July 5th. Welcome to Geico's Motorcycle Neanderings. Oh man, this is great. I sure saved a lot of money by switching to Geico. Scored some big savings and now I can use their mobile app 24-7 for all sorts of stuff. Life just makes sense now. You know what doesn't make sense? If a car is called a horseless carriage... Why isn't a motorcycle called a horseless horse? Hmm. Maybe it would just be adding insult to injury for the out-of-work horses. Geico Motorcycle. Savings that make sense. Right now, buy either Ortho Home Defense or Roundup with Comfort Wand at the Home Depot and get a free refill. Good news for you. 
Final notice for bugs or weeds. Protect your home inside and out from insects or kill weeds right where they stand, right down to the root. Either way, you'll come out ahead and bugs and weeds will be out of luck. Get a free refill with Ortho Home Defense or Roundup with Comfort Wand only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valid through July 5th in select stores. Limit two discounts per customer. Introducing the new Lucky Charm Shake at Burger King. It's a mix of hand-spun vanilla-flavored soft serve, tasty bits of Lucky Charm cereal, and memories of watching Saturday morning cartoons in your PJs. The new Lucky Charm Shake at Burger King. Relive your childhood in a cup. Maybe it's the magical marshmallow pieces flying up your straw. Maybe it's the magically delicious taste. Whatever the reason, it's a good reason to head over to a Burger King restaurant and try one now. Only at Burger King. Also, try the Fruit Loop Shake now at Burger King. Shakes available for a limited time only. Participation varies. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. What the hell are we waiting on? Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Do you want it or not? Rick Gosselin. Do you understand there's a price to pay? And Clark Judge. Can we have fun? You're damn right. I demand that we have fun. 40 million Americans wake up to a Gillette shave, and Gillette is working to bring you America's number one shave at lower prices. Go to GilletteOnDemand.com and get your first and fourth orders free. Welcome back to hour number two. I'm Rick Gonsolin, along with Ron Borges, forming a two-man tag team on the show this week as we close our third season on the air. Where's our man, Goose? AWOL. Clark Judge, AWOL. He'll bring his, <laughs> a note from his mother when he comes back. Uh, Detroit Lions coach Jim Caldwell will join us this hour, along with John Mullen, who covers the Chicago Bears for CSNChicago.com. But first, let's talk a little current events. Ron, since the advent of the salary cap, I felt the most important guy in the building is a guy who finds the players. The cap promotes a roster churn, so you need a steady flow of new bodies to the roster every year. So explain to me the demise of John Dorsey as general manager of the Chiefs. In four seasons on the job, Chiefs posted a 43-21 record, went to the playoffs three times. Dorsey drafted pro bowlers Marcus Peters, Travis Kelce, and Tyreek Hill. So Andy Reid gets a contract extension in June, and Dorsey gets fired. What's up with that? Well, you know, from, uh, from my personnel sources around the league tell me that they th- believe that the firing uh, was fueled, you know, at least in part by concerned about it, sort of a lack of internal communication and his own management style or lack of style. I mean, he fired the director of football administration, Trip McCracken, and the director of pro scouting, Will Lewis. They'd both been there four years or longer. Uh, no one saw it coming. Uh, and he didn't really discuss it or then later explain it to anybody. So uh, I think he's forgotten that everybody has a boss. You know, as Bob Dylan once said, everybody got to serve somebody. And, uh, you know, if you're not winning a Super Bowl, you better get along at least with the owner. You know, I've always favored a separation of powers, Ron. I think uh, mm-hmm. you should have a general manager who picks players and a coach who coaches them. You can kind of one-hand the guys, the, the coaches that were great personnel men, Belichick, Jimmy Johnson, Paul Brown, Al Davis. You've been around Belichick and Davis why does it work for them? You know, they, they, first off, they understand players, and they understand their systems and who's going to fit and who isn't going to fit. And they don't put much effort into trying to put a guy in a, in a hole, in a position where he doesn't, clearly doesn't fit what they want to do. You want big linebackers? Don't bring in a guy who's 5'10". Don't bring in Datnagoyan. You know, and they, <laughs> they understand that. And they don't panic is the other thing. You know, and, and, and I think when a lot of these guys panic, they feel the pressure, especially as a coach. I'm going to get fired. i got to do something right now. And they make another bad pick or free agent sign. We're going to break, and when we return, we'll visit with John Mullen and find out what's going on with the Chicago Bears. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Right now, buy either Ortho Home Defense or Roundup with Comfort Wand at the Home Depot and get a free refill. Good news for you. 
Final notice for bugs or weeds. Protect your home inside and out from insects, or kill weeds right where they stand, right down to the root. Either way, you'll come out ahead, and bugs and weeds will be out of luck. Get a free refill with Ortho Home Defense or Roundup with Comfort Wand only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valid through July 5th in select stores. Limit two discounts per customer. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. Switch to Sprint Boost Mobile and get two lines with three gigs of 4G LTE data per line for only $50. Plus, get up to two free LG X Power Phones. Boost makes it easy to switch, and switching makes it easy to save. We've talked to Hall of Famer Joe Schmidt and the Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers thus far on the show to give us a perspective on the past and present of the NFC North. Now we're going to go to a guy who gives us the real skinny on what's going on in that division, John Moon Mullen, longtime beat writer of the Chicago Bears, now with CSNChicago.com. Like Ron, Moon goes back to the leather helmet days, way back to the days when the Bears were competitive for playoff spots. Now he's here to shower us with his insights. John, welcome to the show. Now we we cover the, now we're in the leather head era. Yeah, we've transcended. We've come a long way, haven't we? (laughs) Hey, John, we've talked on several shows now about the bull move by the Bears to move up one spot in the draft to claim North Carolina quarterback Mitch Trubisky. You've seen him in many camps in the OTAs. You spent some time visiting with him. So give us your read on Mitch Trubisky. Well, you know, it's it's still it's flag football in the mini camps. But, and you guys know, if you've seen him, I don't know how good he is, but you can tell, you really can't tell how good someone is necessarily, but you can tell if they don't have it. Um, ooh, what, what, what were they thinking with that guy? Um hmm. That's not the case with Trubisky. In fact, I really think there is – I came away from the, watching him in camps thinking there is a more than a, a reasonable chance that he wins a starting job and kind of does a Russell Wilson, Matt Flynn thing here yeah. over Mike Glennon because his, his throws are crisp. He's incredibly mobile. I wasn't prepared for that. And just in general, while the Bears invested in Glennon and obviously invested a lot in Trubisky to move up and get him, it's a it's a win now situation for John Fox. They're going to go with the best chance to win guy, and if, if from what I saw in many camps, I use the old phrase: uh, if he's even, he's leaving. Meaning, if if they were even in many camp, whoa, it's not good for Mike Glennon because this kid is going to get nothing but better. So, I am really more than many years eager to see training camp because I want to see this guy, you know, starting to go against when there actually is a pass rush, even though they can't hit him. Uh, I, I was I came away a little more impressed than I thought I would be with a young guy because we know what they look like when they can't play, and this kid uh, he's not one of those guys. You mentioned Fox, and uh, will John be the coach of the Bears when they finally do become a playoff contender again with whoever uh, the quarterback ends up being? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, although in Chicago, it's, they'll settle for just being relevant or being uh, in, a, in a single a single a single. Uh, Single-digit underdog to the Packers would be an improvement for some of these years. No, I, I actually do, guys. And, again, it sounds like I'm not a fan interest here, but, you know, Foxy was pretty good for 28 years. I'm not sure he got altogether stupid in two years. And if you pull the camera back and see what they went through last year, which was, among other things, three quarterbacks, but that's including not including twice Jay Cutler in the lineup. He's out. Now we, we'll go with the Brian Hoyer. Okay, Jay's back. Now he's hurt. 
now we got to go to Matt Barkley. Uh, maybe the marvel is that, he, that they won three games. Not that they won, well, not how few, but how many. But the, the point is, that there's too many things he does right. He's got a phenomenal staff headed up by by uh, Fangio on defense, who's going to be spending more time with the outside linebackers, i.e., the pass rushers, who are near and dear to every D coach's life. I just think this is a guy who got to the Fox meeting, a guy who got to a Super Bowl with, with Matt Hasselbeck as his quarterback. I, I, I think he does know how to coach, and I think the injuries that they were hit with last year, not an excuse, but they were a reality, and they didn't have the firepower, let's say, a quarterback to overcome that, not just Jay Cutler, but, you know, you see a year the Packers have injuries. Well, Rodgers can get them past that, or the, the Patriots have injuries, but they've got 12, and that's going to get them past it. The Bears didn't have that, so the cliche over the you know last number of years was with oh Jay Cutler needs weapons. Well, he also needs to be able to put the team on his back and carry him. He has never been that guy. He wasn't last year, and that's obviously part of the reason why they've moved on from him, and why I do think this will be maybe a dawning of a new age for John Fox in Chicago. John, why didn't the Jay Cutler experiment work out? You know, I think it actually did do us, and I, not in terms of wins. But he was what he always was. In fact, I, I, when, when the trade was made back in '09, I looked and I said, well, why, why would they get rid of an 11th pick overall? And if you looked at, at 08, this, this, to me, this was the foreshadowing. The last three games, that team went from 8-5, and five, lost the last three, and it was always blamed on the defense. But when you look closely, Cutler threw up three straight games of 70-something passer ratings. Fast forward now over the next eight years in Chicago, every, one thing he was was consistent, strangely enough, He's an 85 to 88 to 84 to 87 passer rating guy. And again, not that that's a tell-all, but just to use an apples-to-apples situation. You know, Rodgers is a, he's a 101 to 107, we'll say, or, you know, Brady's going to be 104 to 114. That's their norm. This guy is what he always was in Denver. So I think the expectation, I think people saw what they wanted to see in him. And I think the mistake in Jay was what he always was. He threw too many picks, did it in Denver. You know, he couldn't. He went from eight and five to eight and eight and missed the playoffs with Mike Shanahan as his quarter, as his coach and quarterbacks coach. He got weapons in Chicago in, the, in that 2013 season. Here he's got Matt Forte, Martellus Bennett, Alshon Jeffrey, and Brandon Marshall. I think a lot of quarterbacks would kill for that kind of weapon. So I think he was what he always was. I think people expected or saw something they thought they hoped they would see. Phil Emery called him a franchise quarterback, and I think that's here again. Phil saw what he wanted to see in Jay. Uh, once the money was, once the guaranteed money was gone, so was Jay. Well, uh, my burning question is, uh, why didn't the Mark Dressman experience uh, experiment work, which hasn't worked in quite a few places nor- <laughs> south of Canada, it seems. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I actually use the same analogy. I think, and I, well, I don't think I know Tressman saw. Yeah, excuse me. Phil Emery saw in Tressman what he kind of what he wanted to see. He was kind of a cerebral, little different kind of a guy. And, and Emery once told me, he said, boy, if he could just bottle what Mark learned in, in North Carolina State, which was, you know, one year as a coach before he went up to, Mont- to the Montreal Alouettes, if, oh, if, if, if Mark could just bottle that, boy, he could, he could make a note. Whatever it was, boy, it just finally clicked in place for him. Well, it didn't. And what, they're getting the fatal flaw with, with Tressman, kind of as with Cutler, was kind of a grace under pressure. You know, guys, you remember back in what was O two or whichever the Raiders Super Bowl was, he froze in the in the press box, or excuse me, in the coach's box, froze in the game, which was to me a huge tell how he was under pressure, and pressure began to build, and eventually he cracked. He was not what Phil Emery thought he was going to be, 
he was still the same Mark Trustman as you guys said. It's yeah. not the first place it didn't work. So I think you know, Montreal and Canada was a whole different environment. But the NFL, uh, under pressure, Mark cracked. He couldn't handle problems that came up. You know, Brandon Marshall almost gets into a fight at practice with one of the assistant coaches, and Marshall's out of uniform or not wearing the right uniform, goes ballistic, and Trustman doesn't do anything. And those were like little snapshots of fatal flaws. He didn't know how to handle a crisis situation. And again, you guys, the NFL is 17 weekly crisis situations, yeah. one after another, and he just wasn't up to it. Brian Urlacher and Ray Lewis are both first-timers on the Hall of Fame ballot this year. You had a front-row seat for the Urlacher era. Mm-hmm. First off, what separates him from Lewis? And secondly, in your mind, is he worthy of first ballot election? You know, I think that is a really... Well, you guys have to deal with that question more directly than I will. But um, different kinds of guys. Ray was such a physical linebacker, a physical presence. He was buckus. He was 6'3", 245. I'd love to meet you head on in the hole. Brian was, I won't say a finesse linebacker, because he did just as well in a one-gap as he did in a two-gap, you know, in terms of tackle totals and sacks in his prime. He was a speed linebacker. He was too fast to get blocked. So, you know, guards and centers couldn't go out and cut him off. So his... A lot of his best work was in pursuit, whereas when we think of Ray, we think of stacking up somebody in the hole and you know, head on with somebody, uh, knocking him backwards. Brian was never that kind of guy, but in the way he played, was outstanding. As a first ballot guy, I think they're going to have to overcome the fact that Ray got a couple of rings, whereas Brian just sort of went to one. He got an NFC championship ring, but not quite the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. To me, he is much more on the cusp, whereas I think Ray is a slam dunk as, as, a, as a first ballot guy. I think Brian was more, I won't say an acquired taste, but you had to look closely to understand what made him as good as it was. It wasn't the same trademark or traits that you look for in that Butkus, uh, Ray Lewis kind of middle linebacker. I, I, I don't know. I'd flip a coin on first ballot. Hey, hey, John, we'd like to thank you for stopping by and lightening us on Mitch Trubisky, Brian Urlacher, and the NFC North. So happy camping and training this summer. All right, guys. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. When we return, we'll take a verbal jog through the NFC North. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Right now, buy either Ortho Home Defense or Roundup with Comfort Wand at the Home Depot and get a free refill. Good news for you. Final notice for bugs or weeds. Protect your home inside and out from insects or kill weeds right where they stand, right down to the root. Either way, you'll come out ahead and bugs and weeds will be out of luck. Get a free refill with Ortho Home Defense or Roundup with Comfort Wand only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valid through July 5th in select stores. Limit two discounts per customer. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. If you switch to Sprint Boost Mobile, you'll get two lines with three gigs of 4G LTE data per line for only $50. Plus, get up to two free LG X Power phones. Boost makes it easy to switch, and switching makes it easy to save. You know, Ron, we, we wrap up our eight-part series on the eight divisions this week with the NFC North, and we'll discuss the Packers, Lions, Vikings, and Bears in a moment. But first, let's discuss our weekly Talk of Fame Network poll. We asked who's going to win the AFC East this season. Ron, I guess there was no surprise <laughs> in the poll result. Uh, you got that right. The Patriots win this thing before the turkey's out of the oven. 
unless Tom Brady's in surgery, uh, in which case uh, they win it by the time you've finished a drumstick, Goose Man, unless you favor a goose on Thanksgiving, Goose. <laughs> okay, in our poll this week, we asked who's going to win the NFC North. Who do you like, Ron? Well, you know, I'm kind of on the fence. I have to say the Packers, but not by uh, with great conviction, to be honest. I think Jim Caldwell's Lions, they may be ready to roar, finally. I'm just not totally sold on them because I've been picking the Lions since my old Portuguese pal Wayne Fonts was coaching them, <laughs> and they've won, as my father would say, nothing. So <laughs> it's a little hard to uh, to say the Lions, but I just, I don't know, I think the Packers are a little overrated. Still, they've won the, the North five of the last six seasons, and they're right. still on paper the team to beat. So outside of an injury to Aaron Rodgers, what's to keep the Packers from winning again? Well, you know, the short answer would be Matthew Stafford. I mean, he may have uh, something to say about things. He could win a shootout against Aaron Rodgers if he came down to that. Uh, Green Bay also doesn't seem to me just to be as good on the field as they appear to be when we're all just sitting around talking about them. Uh, I'm picking them, but again, as I said earlier, not with great conviction. I just keep looking at the Lions, and, and, and when I do, I say to myself, they're good enough, but I just have trouble convincing myself that they're going to translate that uh, into a Sunday afternoon in Green Bay and in, in whenever they play them up there. Yeah, I think the key is do not give Aaron Rodgers a Hail Mary situation at the end of the game. <laughs> exactly. He had a Hail Mary season last year. I mean, they were dead. And and then, you know, 61-foot bunker shot like your pal George Spieth last Sunday, and they win, you know. It's just, yeah. uh, I don't know. It's hard to figure. Now, you had only five quarterbacks in NFL history have passed for 5,000 yards in a single season. Aaron Rodgers is not one of them. But Detroit's Matthew Stafford is. He was the first overall pick of the 2009 draft and has been Detroit's starter for the last eight seasons, yet he's never won a division title. In your mind, Ron, is Matthew Stafford a franchise quarterback? You know, I believe he is, but I don't think he's been surrounded by a franchise franchise. <laughs> you know, you need some help. It's not like basketball, you know. Uh, everybody needs some help, you know. Uh, too many games have fallen, I believe, on his shoulders. I've always believed that there's a point where it becomes too much on the quarterback. I think I saw it happen to Brady for the better part of a decade when they didn't win. I saw it happen to Brett Favre up in Green Bay. Uh, I just think you can get to the point where you ask too much. I certainly saw it happen to Peyton Manning over and over again with the Colts. Right. Uh, right. You can't ask too much of the guy because then he makes mistakes. And you've got to give him a run of game, something they haven't had yeah, since probably and, Barry right. Sanders. Something. Yeah. You know, because eventually, if I'm chucking it 45 times to win, one of them is going to go the other uh, the other direction too many times, and then then you're out. You know, I don't know if either one of us believes Sam Bradford is a championship caliber quarterback in Minnesota. You know, now Adrian Peterson is gone, and the Vikings hope to replace him with Florida State rookie Dalvin Cook. How far can the Vikings go with a rookie running back and a top three defense? Well, I think they'll go as far as the latter can take them. Uh, uh, I think if you consider Adrian Peterson one of the great running backs of his time, I think it's unfair to ex expect uh, a rookie to come in and, and produce uh, the way Peterson did. He may, but I, but I think it's a bit unfair. To me, the rookie run is okay, but it has happened last year as the season progressed. You know, injuries occur, the running gets worn down, they don't have a franchise quarterback, in my opinion, in Bradford, so more and more of the pressure now falls on the defense, and I just think that uh, you can't win anymore with just a defense. Even, I think they were third in the league last year, so they had a great defense. Right. Right. Uh, but the rules don't allow you to play enough defense to win just on defense anymore. So uh, I just think that Bradford's going to have to play better than he's played. And look, in fairness to him, maybe he would have been a franchise guy and, the, and he just took too many beatings and too many injuries and he's not the same player. But I haven't seen anything uh, since he's been in the league that made me think, boy, you can, you can go to the bank with him. 
He did set the league record for completion percentage in a season. I think it was 72% last year. That wasn't bad. No, that's not bad. But, but you know, uh, again, I, I put less and less on that because, you know, I've watched Brady throw it behind his back sideways, you know, for, <laughs> you know one yard behind the line of scrimmage. You know, he's completing 70% of his throws, but they aren't going anywhere uh, uh, in a lot of those cases. So I think those numbers don't quite mean what they used to mean. Okay, speaking of quarterbacks, the Bears gave quarterback Mike Glennon a $45 million contract for agency then traded up into the top two of the 2017 draft for North Carolina quarterback Mitch Trubisky. How does that position play out in Chicago? And do the Bears have a chance to be competitive this fall with either one of those quarterbacks? Well, you know, that signing was one of the odder things. I mean, his, Mike Glennon's agent should be, he should have a bust in Canton. Agent of the uh, year? God almighty. Is it, I mean, you, you vastly overpay a backup quarterback to take over your team. You dump a better, albeit inconsistent guy, in, in Jay Cutler to do it. And then you trade up and spend too much to draft a questionable quarterback, you know, way up in, in the draft. I mean, it just the whole thing made no sense to me. Now, look, if Trubisky turns out to be a franchise quarterback, a Super Bowl-type winning quarterback, then you never paid too much for him. It doesn't matter what the cost was. But if he doesn't, you know, they look like, you know, they're, they're creating their team by a paint-by-numbers effort. You know, I mean, what are we doing? Well, they put some air, put some air, and maybe it'll turn out and look like, uh, you know, a great painting. But... It, the whole thing makes no sense to me, and, and I just think that when I have that sort of feeling, I don't see how it's going to work out in a positive fashion. I'll tell you, in all, in all the years I spent uh, working the draft, it just it, it scares me to draft a quarterback who's only started 13 college games. And that's right, crazy. and it wasn't like he went 13-0 and 0 and led his team mm-hmm. all over the place. You know, I mean, they were barely 500 with him, so I'm not blaming him, but if I'm going to go that high, you know, I, I want, uh, you know, John Elway at Stanford. Elway. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Ryan, who was the best free agent signing this offseason in the NFC North? Well, uh, you know, being a fatty myself, I'm go- I am always like the fatties, so I'm going for the fatties. Uh, Vikings signed uh, <laughs> Riley Reef a tackle. <laughs> I think it's uh, tackles are still important, uh, even in a league that legalized holding so that almost anybody can block a little bit. But I also think it was a double dip for Minnesota. You know, it improved their offensive line, which could use it, and it hurt a division rival, in this case Detroit. Now, $26 million guaranteed on a $59 million deal could be a little too steep, uh, but not if he opens up holes for the Vikings and creates holes for the Vikings' defense against, uh, against the Lions. So I think that was a good, good sign. One last item in the NFC North. Does Jerry Kramer ever get into the Hall of Fame? Look, as you know, Goose, if it was up to me, he'd already be in on roller skates, but obviously uh, since he isn't, it isn't. And my fear is that his time has come and passed, and uh, I'm fearful it's not going to happen. I think that's indefensible uh, to me but not to at least 10 of our fellow voters. Uh, that means we're going to the wildly popular Borges or Bogus segment, which is, which is brought to you by <laughs> Motel 6. Book online at the new motel6.com. We'll leave the light on for you. Ron, the floor is yours. Take it away. Well, Goose, does the NFL have to fear teams taking a dive? Judging by what the Browns did a year ago and what the Jets are up to this season, I'd say the idea is far from bogus. Taking a dive means fixing the game. In this case, not by throwing it on the field, but by putting on that field a team that cannot compete. The NBA's Philadelphia 76ers have raised this to an art form the past few years. It's brought them a series of lottery picks, and it also hasn't changed the fact that they still stink. The Browns have never admitted they committed suicide last year by fielding a team so odorous it all but assured that they'd get the first pick. But those allegations have been flying around for months. Now, the Jets' decision to dump every actual NFL player they had under contract, making more than minimum wage, thus allowing, as you pointed out earlier, 
Patriots to pick up a linebacker like David Harris and make the gap between them even wider has only fueled that fire. Taking a dive may be fine in European football, <laughs> but over here, we think it's bogus. They even thought that way in Philadelphia when the Sixers did it. Dwindling attendance proved it. If they ever managed to turn this strategy into a playoff team, it may pay dividends. But what they were really doing was perpetrating a fraud on their fans. Was the NFL ready to allow the same? Perhaps, because as with most serious issues, the league is either mum or making statements that are bogus on the issue of tanking. But there's one way to reduce the, change, the chances of the NFL following the NBA model. For a league whose financial foundation is built on gambling, but publicly says it opposes gambling, it may be time to go to the lottery. Certainly, the NBA has one, and it hasn't stopped the Sixers, but that's because they changed the original rules, which did not weight the lottery toward the team with the worst record. What a draft lot- lottery does is put a number of teams in a hat as ping-pong balls swirl. As they pop up, you find out if you get the first pick or the worst pick. If the NFL really wanted to end what the Browns and Jets are doing, it would remove the weighting end aspect toward the worst record and simply put, say, the 20 non-playoff teams in there or maybe just the worst eight teams in the hat. Miss Las Vegas walks in and picks them out one at a time, each having the same chance to get the number one pick. Someone might still choose to tank, but it would be a far bigger gamble, and hence making tanking to reach the bottom what it clearly is now. Bogus. Not to mention perpetrating a fraud. You know, Ron, I, I really like that idea of the 20 teams, the non-playoff teams, having the ping-pong balls. But how about adding another perk? The team that wins the title is denied any draft picks. <laughs> wow. That would never fly. Uh, <laughs> but I like the idea. That's pretty interesting. Um yeah, and, and look, it's okay to do you know some of this sort of stuff, but uh, you remember a few years ago when Jameis Winston was coming out, Tampa had a twenty-seven, a twenty-to-seven lead at halftime of their last game. If they win, they don't uh, get the first pick. If they lose, they do. And Lovey Smith benched all the starting players, and they got plastered in the second half, and they quote unquote lost the game but won the pick. I mean, is that really what the league wants? Uh, I, I don't think so. But you're talking about tanking the last game of the season as opposed to tanking an entire season. <laughs> exactly. But imagine being a season ticker holder of the Jets this year. Yeah. Why? As always, leave it to Ron Borges to provide the educational portion of our show. Next up is Detroit Lions head coach Jim Caldwell. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hey, how you guys doing? This is Steve Smith Sr., and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by GEICO Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. We're also brought to you by Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper and get a local or toll-free number or just bring your own. To see how it works, just go to grasshopper.com. This is Stan White. You're listening to Talk of Fame Network. Introducing the new Lucky Charm Shake at Burger King. It's a mix of hand-spun vanilla-flavored soft serve, tasty bits of Lucky Charm cereal, and memories of watching Saturday morning cartoons in your PJs. The new Lucky Charm Shake at Burger King. Relive your childhood in a cup. Maybe it's the magical marshmallow pieces flying up your straw. Maybe it's the magically delicious taste. Whatever the reason, it's a good reason to head over to a Burger King restaurant and try one now, only at Burger King. Also, try the Fruit Loop Shake now at Burger King. Shakes available for a limited time only. Participation varies. Nothing grows like weeds, except maybe weeds. And nothing kills them quite like Roundup Weed and Grass Killer from the Home Depot. Right now, the one-gallon ready-to-use size is a special buy at just $8.97. Roundup kills fast. At the root, you can see results in just three hours. They may grow like weeds, but you can stop them even faster. Roundup Weed and Grass Killer, one gallon ready to use. Now just $8.97, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. 
Valid through July 5th. Welcome to Geico's Motorcycle Neanderings. Oh, man, this is great. I sure saved a lot of money by switching to Geico. Scored some big savings, and now I can use their mobile app 24-7 for all sorts of stuff. Life just makes sense now. You know what doesn't make sense? If a car is called a horseless carriage, why isn't a motorcycle called a horseless horse? Hmm. Maybe it would just be adding insult to injury for the out-of-work horses. Geico Motorcycle. Savings that make sense. Right now, buy either Ortho Home Defense or Roundup with Comfort Wand at the Home Depot and get a free refill. Good news for you. Final notice for bugs or weeds. Protect your home inside and out from insects or kill weeds right where they stand, right down to the root. Either way, you'll come out ahead and bugs and weeds will be out of luck. Get a free refill with Ortho Home Defense or Roundup with Comfort Wand only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valid through July 5th in select stores. Limit two discounts per customer. Hey, it's Steve. I can't come to the phone right now because I'm protesting the high price of my mobile plan. Metro PCS must think I'm an ATM, but I'm not. Do I look like an ATM? More like Steve TM. Switch to Boost and get two lines with three gigs of 4G LTE data per line for only $50. With Metro PCS, you only get two gigs per line for that same price. Plus, get up to two free LG X Power phones. All powered by the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide Network. Boost is the best value in wireless among national prepaid carriers. Visit a Boost mobile store today. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer N71017. Primary line is $50 with second line $0 per month. Requires one line to port in. Lines include unlimited talk, text, and data. Once high-speed data allotment reached, speeds reduced to 2G speeds until next plan cycle. Comparison based on Metro PCS's 2-gigabyte promo plan as of 6-12-17. Free phone requires port in and activation on $50 plans. Select models only while supplies last. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. See participating dealer for details. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. Just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is sponsored by GEICO, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. You know what? You probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Our next guest, and that's Jim Caldwell, he has the longest uphill climb of any head coach in the NFL. And that's because all he must do is deliver the Detroit Lions their first NFL championship in 60, yes, six zero years. The Cardinals are the only franchise that have gone longer without a title, but they've been to a Super Bowl. The Lions, they're one of only four teams that have not, and the other three are expansion teams. But with two playoff bursts in his three seasons as head coach of the Lions, Jim Caldwell is definitely on the right track. And he knows that path well. He took it there with the uh, Colts. He took them to the Super Bowl in 2009. Hey, Jim, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Jim, you coached Peyton Manning with the Colts, Joe Flacco with the Baltimore Ravens, and now Matthew Stafford with the Lions. Just how important is the quarterback position to the success of an NFL team? Well, you know, I I really think it's vital. I mean, there's been very few that have had um, a tremendous amount of success without a, uh, a quarterback that's very capable of, of uh, certainly carrying the team, uh, and uh, and I think that's what our question, what everybody's looking for. And fortunately, uh, obviously, we have one of those. So um, I've been, I've had great fortune uh, to have been able to coach some pretty good ones over the years, really good ones over the years, and I've uh, been fortunate in that regard. And uh, and obviously, we have another one here as well. Uh, Stafford, of course, was was the first overall pick in the draft, and one of only uh, five quarterbacks in NFL history to pass uh, for 5,000 yards in a single season fraternity that includes Dan Marino and Peyton and Tom Brady, of course, and Drew Brees. What makes Stafford special, and what leads you to believe 
he can uh, be the quarterback who brings a Lombardi Trophy to Detroit? Uh, well, um, you know, a couple of things. Even prior to my coming, uh, you could uh, certainly see from uh, uh, the way in which he's played year after year after year, um, he's been pretty consistent throughout the years just in terms of generating yardage for his team. Um, and uh, when we got here, we found out some other things about him that you just didn't see on film, his toughness, uh, his intelligence, his desire, and all of those things, I think, without question, rub off on his teammates because he's also unflappable in very, very tight situations. So, uh, you know, he's, and he's improving. That's the other thing that, uh, that I think you find with guys that, that are going to be really good at that position in this league. When they get to around five, six, and seventh year, there's still a climb. There's still an ascension. You can look at their stats and see the direction in which they're going. Stats don't always tell the tr- story, but, but I think when you couple that with wins, it does. So, uh, and Matthew is certainly on the, uh, on the rise. Jim, you know what I loved about him last year? The comebacks. I mean, the first half or three quarters of the season. You guys were always coming back, and he was always leading you, leading you to uh, a victory coming from behind. And that's that takes something special, I think, from a quarterback. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. I, I've been a part of two teams, um, actually, that set both records, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. We did it at Indy in 2009. We came from behind, set an NFL record for a number of times, coming behind in the fourth quarter, and we broke that record here. Um, and so that, that just tells you that obviously he's one of those guys that uh, does not um, shrink uh, when the moment gets big. Um, he's never deterred. He has good focus and concentration, and, uh, and he's a winner. So, uh, you know, we um, just anticipate uh, those kinds of things, always keeping us in the ballgame. We're speaking with Detroit Lions coach Jim Caldwell on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at, at talkoffamenet. And, Jim, um, I talked about the drought in Detroit for the Lions. Let's go back there. The Tigers, Red Wings, Pistons, they've all won multiple championships in the last half century. I know you've only been in Detroit since 2014, but does that 60-year championship drought weigh on you as much as uh, does the, the franchise in the, the city of Detroit itself? Um, you know, not really, um, because, simply because of the fact that uh, I wasn't here uh, during mm-hmm. that time period. If I'd been here that entire time, obviously it, it would take on a little different uh, connotation. But <laughs> in terms of desire to get there and to, to win and, and those kinds of things, you yeah, absolutely, we want to win it. We want to win it all. I mean, that's the, the point of coaching. That's the point of playing this game. Um, so, uh, you know, I think the desire to do that is, is certainly there. Um, but I just don't have to carry along with me, you know, 56 uh, other years. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we just got to do, we got to do our job, right? Oh, with the, the Ford family's carrying those six. <laughs> 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 hey, Jim, upgrading the offensive line was obviously a priority this offseason, and you signed a couple blockers in free agency, tackle Ricky Wagner and guard T.J. Lang. Now, I'd like to ask you about Lang in particular. He, he's a Detroit kid who's been to the Pro Bowl, also wears the Super Bowl ring for the Packers. Were you looking for a little more from him than just his blocking skills? Well, I, I think that's all part of it. I mean, obviously the first thing you, you look at is uh, you certainly want to get a real good sense of his athleticism and ability to do his job. He has that. Um, you obviously want to um, determine the character and strength of character and, and what kind of traits he has to offer the team. You also want to certainly look at his leadership capabilities and then um, does he have a history of winning? He checked all the boxes in, in that regard. Uh, he can do his job as well as anyone. He's proven that year after year. 
Um, he's a guy that has uh, just unbelievable character and uh, a great leader. You know, a mark of a true leader is a man who can lead himself, and he's a good family man um, and, and a guy who's been beloved every place that he's been. Uh, and then also, obviously, he's had a lot of success, and uh, winning, I think, is contagious, and he certainly brings that kind of attitude along with him. So I think that's helpful for us in terms of our offensive line room and our offense as well. Now you had an eight-year run as a head coach, college head coach at Wake Forest in the, in the 90s, and uh, just wondering, how did that prepare you for head coaching in the, in the NFL, and how different are those two jobs? Well, you know, they're they're it's still the game of football. There are some similarities, but a vast difference just in terms of the league and things of that nature. But I can tell you what it did for me. Um, number one, it, I was 38 years old when I got that job, and uh, and it was one of those real tough situations. So I, you know, learned to battle through and persevere. Um, but then also I developed my, you know, a voice as a leader. Uh, you did it positionally and then as a coordinator, maybe prior to uh, being a head coach, but. But when you get a chance to run your own show, uh, you know, you get to develop all of those things that I think just in terms of leadership are extremely important. But one of the things that it didn't teach me as well is that there, you know, because of the fact that we just had to do everything right in order to get a victory, um, that it taught you about the little details and, uh, you know, how you had to make certain that you had every single, um, you know, I dotted and T crossed. And uh, and I think that was very, very beneficial for me. It was tough. It was difficult. Um, but I had a lot of good men to coach, and uh, and it was a real challenge. Was it fun, Jim? Yeah, yeah, there's no question about it. I, I think, um, you know, every day I walked into the office, I, the same thing I do today. I mean, it's been 40 years for me, coming up on my 40th season. And uh, that job, as well as any other one that I've had, I get up in the morning, I get in somewhere around 5 o'clock or a little before, and uh, and I go home when I get finished with my work. But I've, I've that's been 40 years, and I've never felt like I've worked a day in my life. So it's been an, en- an enjoyment. Uh, we've had, uh, you know, a lot of fun having an impact on young people, but we also just striving to win games. That journey in itself is, uh, is you know, obviously um, uh, a lot of fun. Jim, talking about the – and we're speaking with Jim Caldwell, Detroit Lions head coach, talking about the little details. Uh, you worked in the NFL as an assistant for a couple of Super Bowl-winning head coaches who excelled in the little details. That's Tony Dungy and John Harbaugh, two of our favorites. What impacts have those men had on your coaching career? Well, you know, both of them have been tremendous. Tony, um, probably more as as much as anyone, because I spent more time working, um, you know, under him than, than anybody in this league. Uh, I was with him for eight years, one in Tampa, seven in Indy. And then also, obviously, he's been a, a great source of information for me. Um, just tremendous at his job. You know, I think oftentimes people underestimate. You know, obviously it did for a while, and obviously he he finally got uh, the notoriety that he should have gotten in terms of the Hall of Fame because he's a Hall of Fame coach. He's smart, uh, strategic, um, had a great way of uh, communicating with with the team. Um, I worked for him for you know with him and for him for eight years and never heard him raise his voice louder than I'm talking right now. But his teams are very tough, very effective, and very capable. Um, so, you know, that was, you know, and he covered every detail and he covered it in a way where he treated those guys like men and expected them to measure up to it. Um, so uh, most of our practice situations, how we function in that regard, a lot of that, the great majority of it comes from obviously his tutelage. And then John Harbaugh, you know, I I had a chance to go um, and work with him after we left, got fired at Indy. And uh, and that was was just absolutely an outstanding opportunity for me to even grow even more. Uh, they do a great job. Have always done a great job, just in terms of understanding the nuances of coaching and motivating a team. 
Uh, but then also, you know, I, I picked up a few things in terms of practicing situational football. Uh, we've always practiced situational football, but they did it in a way in which it was a bit unique. Uh, there were kind of mocks that they put together on a daily basis that you work through them, and not just when something came up in a ball game that you had to react to. So, um, so that that certainly has helped us through the years as well. Both those guys were, you know, just had a, a tremendous impact on me. Both great men and great leaders. Just a hunch, but I guess, and I'm guessing you heard John Harbaugh raise his voice uh, once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John, John, John can get pretty excited. Well, well, <laughs> yeah, you get know, pretty excited. The thing that you don't know probably about that situation is, I, you know, I've known the family for quite some time. The reason uh-huh. why I went to University of Iowa because I played defensive back and was getting recruited by them as, um, as well as a few other teams. But, but I went there because of the guy coaching the secondary there was Jack Harbaugh. And uh, Jack was one of those guys that, uh, that I think when you see his sons, you see Jack. Uh, Jack was fiery. Jack was very smart. Um, obviously, you know, from winning a national championship when he was down uh, in Western and, and, uh, and has you know, done a great job throughout the years. But, but uh, that was my first uh, sort of acquaintance with that family. I, I, I loved Jack even during that time and looked forward to playing for him. And, he, and, and after I signed, we had to sign a national letter of intent and then the Big Ten tender. After I signed, he went to Michigan. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that ended that relationship rather quickly. <laughs> Jim, you, you were the first African-American head coach in the Atlantic Coast Conference at Wake. Now you're one of only seven African-Americans serving as head coach of NFL teams. How important has the Rooney Rule been in opening the door for qualified minorities? Yeah, I, I think it's been extremely important, I think, because of the fact that it's given uh, so many of us an opportunity to interview where in years past um, uh, we weren't provided that opportunity. That uh, The Rooney Rule created a vehicle uh, to get uh, individuals that they um, certainly deemed capable in front of ownership and GMs and things of that nature, and uh, and I think it's helped. Um, and, and obviously I still believe we got a long way to go, but, uh, but nevertheless, I think it was part of the process that certainly helped uh, a number of us. Now you won your first 14 games in your debut season as an NFL uh, uh, head coach for the Colts in 09. Best start ever by a rookie coach in NFL history, uh, and you also became one of only five rookie, rookie coaches coach to take, you know, take your team to the Super Bowl. So did you realize uh, then that you were giving your career such a difficult act to follow? I mean, how, do you, how do you top that, or do you just – Think about going home. Well, I think, yeah, you know what? The interesting thing is just like you just stated it, it, it's very rare that it happens, and it's not something that anyone um, goes out and says, hey, we can do year in and year out. This league is too tough. It's hard to win a game, let alone 14 in a row. I mean, we got on a roll. We had an outstanding football team and uh, still didn't finish it the way we'd like to, didn't win at all. Um, but but I do think there was even uh, you know, a great learning process for me there, but um, you know, it, it was a lot of fun, and uh, and we've had we had some great victories that year, and we've had some great victories since that time. So I'm looking forward to this next year. Let's see what we can do next year. Hopefully, we'll have maybe a similar discussion. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Jim. Speaking of Indy, you know when you were coaching there, it seemed like Tom Brady was always standing in your way. Now that you're in Detroit, it's like Aaron Rodgers always seems to be standing in your way. As a coach, do you dread or embrace those challenges from the game's top quarterbacks? Well, I, I do think if you're worth your salt, you embrace them. Uh, you know, I just think that um, you know individuals like that, what they do is they put uh, the opposition in position where you got to rise above and play extremely well every time you face them. I think it brings out the best in you. Every year that we played Brady and, and uh, the Patriots, we had a real challenge on our hands, and, and we won some, we lost some. 
and the same way with Green Bay. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers is as good as they come. But our guys, I think each and every time that we go out to, to and we prepare for the, the game and go out to play them, they're excited about the opportunity. And I uh, think we have as good a chance as anybody else in the ballgame. Jim Caldwell, thanks for the time. And best of luck beating that clock in Detroit. <laughs> well, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, thanks Jim. Jim. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is Stefan Gilmore. And you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Right now, buy either Ortho Home Defense or Roundup with Comfort Wand at the Home Depot and get a free refill. Good news for you. Final notice for bugs or weeds. Protect your home inside and out from insects or kill weeds right where they stand, right down to the root. Either way, you'll come out ahead and bugs and weeds will be out of luck. Get a free refill with Ortho Home Defense or Roundup with Comfort Wand only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Found through July 5th in select stores. Limit two discounts per customer. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you should probably have gone to Geico 15 minutes ago. So go now. Okay, we welcome back Tampa Bay's Hall of Fame voter Ira Kaufman for the close of the show, the final two-minute drill of our third season, which is brought to you by the Burger King Breakfast. You're on the clock, Ira. Let's see you weave some of the magic that Jameis Winston weaves in the final two minutes a game. 22 of the 32 NFL teams will conduct training camp at their home practice facilities. Has campus life, small beds, and team bonding become a lost NFL art? I'll give you a personal story. Uh, Bucks went to training camp in Orlando in 2002, ended up hoisting a Vince Lombardi trophy. They left Orlando, went back to one buck place in 09, haven't smelled the playoffs since. I rest my case, gentlemen. <laughs> Gooseman, as you know, nothing better than summer nights at the El Rancho Tropicana or on the Wisconsin Cheese Camp Tour. <laughs> Derek Carr says he'd give the ball to Marshawn Lynch on the goal line. What does he know that the Seahawks don't? Well, he's a little smarter than Pete Carroll at this point. That's why Derek Carr is going to be the man. And I say that in, uh, in a city where uh, Jameis Winston is uh, flourishing. But uh, Derek Carr is going to be uh, the best quarterback in this league in about four years. And that's one of the reasons why. He knows what to do with the football. That's right. What he knows how to do is get out of the way and win the game. Who gets more touches this season in the New Orleans offense, Mark Ingram or Adrian Peterson? You know, Mark Ingram's a little bit better player than I thought he was. But you know what? He played pretty darn well last year. I think Peterson uh, is going to be a spot player. He won't like it, but I think that's uh, that's the role Peterson's going to play this year. I think Peterson gets more touches because if not, he'll take the switch to Sean Payton. <laughs> Speaking of New Orleans, pass rusher Cam Jordan says the Saints are Super Bowl ready. Which NFC team do you believe is Super Bowl ready? Not the Saints, Goose. Not the Saints. Uh, I'm going with the Packers. And, you know, look, guys, they walloped the Giants last year. They beat Dallas and Dallas, uh, you know, and a fantastic finish. Uh, and then got, a, you know, wiped out by the Falcons. Uh, Green Bay, uh, you know, if they shore up that pass defense, I, I think the Packers will be in Minneapolis. I think there's a lot of teams in the NFC that are ready to go to the Super Bowl and get beat by the Patriots. <laughs> Gentlemen, we'd like to thank Aaron Rodgers, Joe Schmidt, Jim Caldwell, John Mullen, and, and Ira Kaufman for joining us, Derek Burns for producing us, and you for listening. If you'd like to hear this or any podcast, just go to our website, talkoffamenetwork.com, or beam us up on iTunes on your podcast app. Otherwise, look for us on this station and at this time next week. Thanks for stopping by. 
Nothing grows like weeds, except maybe weeds. And nothing kills them quite like Roundup Weed and Grass Killer from the Home Depot. Right now, the one-gallon ready-to-use size is a special buy at just $8.97. Roundup kills fast. At the root, you can see results in just three hours. They may grow like weeds, but you can stop them even faster. Roundup Weed and Grass Killer, one-gallon ready-to-use, now just $8.97, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valid through July 5th. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. Picture it. Your car and home insurance are perfectly bundled. You're saving loads of money, and life is so much easier. You exist in a heightened state of easy peasiness. Life is as easy as it is peasy, as peasy as it is easy. Experience oneness. Bundle home and auto insurance with Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Right now, buy either Ortho Home Defense or Roundup with Comfort Wand at the Home Depot and get a free refill. Good news for you. Final notice for bugs or weeds. Protect your home inside and out from insects or kill weeds right where they stand, right down to the root. Either way, you'll come out ahead and bugs and weeds will be out of luck. Get a free refill with Ortho Home Defense or Roundup with Comfort Wand only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Found through July 5th in select stores. Limit two discounts per customer. Introducing the new Lucky Charm Shake at Burger King. It's a mix of hand-spun vanilla-flavored soft serve, tasty bits of Lucky Charm cereal, and memories of watching Saturday morning cartoons in your PJs. The new Lucky Charm Shake at Burger King. Relive your childhood in a cup. Maybe it's the magical marshmallow pieces flying up your straw. Maybe it's the magically delicious taste. Whatever the reason, it's a good reason to head over to a Burger King restaurant and try one now. Only at Burger King. Also, try the Fruit Loop Shake now at Burger King. Shakes available for a limited time only. Participation varies. 